Hi, and welcome to This is Oro Valley, a podcast where we explore the people and programs that make Oro Valley the vibrant community that it is. I'm Town Manager Mary Jacobs, and today we are speaking with our fabulous Parks and Recreation Director, Christy Diaz-Trahan. Christy, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Great. And we're going to talk to her about some exciting things going on in our Parks and Rec Department, including our upcoming summer camps, 4th of July. Yay, we get to do that this year. And also an update on our Parks Master Plan. So I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast. But Christy, before we get started, I really love to let our community know who their department directors, who the who's working for them. Sure, thank you. So I am a fifth generation Arizonan. Well, that not, not many of us can say that, including me. And so I, it's, it's unique. I grew up in small town Wilcox, and my parents still live there. So southern Arizona is my home, and I've had the opportunity to travel and live in the Caribbean and live in other states, but I always had my eye to come back to be a director for a small, mid-sized community, because that's really where I believe I fit, and you can see the impact that you have on people's lives every day, and so when the opportunity arose um, to become the director in Oro Valley, I tossed my hat in the ring, and here I am, and I've been here since February of 2013. Great, great. We always like to joke that uh, Christy has the fun job in in town, and it is a fun job because there's a lot of great fun things that happen in parks and recreation, but, um, but there's a lot to it. There's a lot of management and oversight and a lot of employees and that sort of thing, and I, you know, we might get a chance to talk a little bit about that, but uh, what are some of the your personal hobbies and uh, some of your outdoor recreational things you enjoy doing? Well, being from southern Arizona, I love the outdoors. Uh, growing up, we would hike, we would go fishing and camping, and I still love and enjoy those things. And my daughter plays softball and on a club team, and I'm one of the coaches on that club team. So spend a lot of time in Oro Valley parks and parks within the state of Arizona, and it's refreshing to to be out there and see all of the great work that not only our team does, but other parks and recreation professionals do. It must be great to go out to these other parks and appreciate from a completely different perspective than, say, I would, right? But, you know, you're looking at it as a, as a parent, but also as a parks and rec director, these beautiful parks from other parts of not, not just Arizona, but um, other states as well, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's fun when you go to a different jurisdiction and have a wonderful experience and the park was really well maintained and, um, and you could tell that there was really love and treatment to that park. I always send a note to that park's director and let them know that we were there this weekend and really some of the fine touches, really how the staff helped to make the experience of the user even better. Oh, what a great idea. I'm sure they I'm sure your colleagues really appreciate that. They, they do. It's always a nice surprise because those are come in less frequently than the others. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about summer camps. How exciting for all of us that as the restrictions are being eased that we're looking at in-person summer camps this year. Tell our residents a little bit about our summer camps and what we offer for our young people in town. We are so excited to 
offer a variety of summer camps, and our community is too. We opened registration at midnight on a Monday night, and our first camper was registered at 5 after 12. And so uh, clearly there is a demand as well as just excitement. Um, our most popular camp is at the community center, the SPF Swim Play Fun Camp. And the beauty of our community center for these kids is that they not only get indoor recreation and games and crafts and, um, and, and such, they also get an opportunity to swim every day to play tennis and get instruction from tennis professionals, to play golf and get instruction from golf professionals. So that really makes that camp super unique. And Can and I sign up? <laughs> I, really? I, <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. You know, honestly, um, adult summer camps are super popular as well, <laughs> and so that might be a direction we want to take on a little bit later. But um, at the SPF camp, we also offer our... I Can Too Camp, and that is a uh, camp for youth with disabilities. It's an inclusion camp, so basically the kids with disabilities participate alongside their peers, and we have specialized staff that work with these kids, and if there becomes a time where it becomes overwhelming or they're um, not quite, don't quite have the physical ability, then our staff will, are able to pull them out and redirect in an appropriate uh, type of activity for these kids. So it's, it's wonderful to have that opportunity within our indoor facility as well. That is great. You know, those parents who have those special children in their lives want to make sure that they are part of the the great options and opportunities that all kids get to access during their lives as children. So uh, congratulations to you and your team for continuing to offer that great program. Thank you. Thank you. It is a great program. And, and on the flip side of that, it's really cool to see how kids embrace their peers with disabilities and how they will come up with adaptive ways to include the kids where staff doesn't have to. So it's just really cool and organic to watch that whole process take place. Oh, I bet. I bet. One of the other um, interesting camps that we have that I think is one of the most unique camps in the region and actually won the um, Enrichment Program of the Year through the Arizona Park and Recreation Association last year is our STEAM camp, and that's held at Steam Pump Ranch, and it is science, technology, engineering, and math, but the A is art. And while that might not sound super exciting for kids, really what it is is you get your hands in the mud and you actually build an adobe brick. And that's part of the science and technology in terms of how water and earth come together, how it cures. And then through that, every week the kids work on different art projects. At the end of the summer, we offer an art show in the Push House at Steam Pump Ranch, and that's open to everyone in the public to come and see what our kids accomplished over the summer. And who doesn't love, as a kid, getting your hands in, whether it's Play-Doh or Adobe Mud or something? You know, it, it, talk about our, our kids this year, particularly, a lot of them have been home a good chunk of the time. They haven't had that kind of interaction. They've been there without with masks on and I think this opportunity to get their hands dirty, learn something, and then and then showcase their 
their talents. Yeah, it is. It, it's super cool. And the kids that participate there just love it. And, and this year, we are actually partnering with the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Program, their specific program called Project WET. And so that brings the education and fun and excitement of water and, and how water is used and what it's used for and how it can benefit um, the human life, landform, and, and our wildlife. And so we're working with Project WET. They're bringing their AmeriCorps team to Steam Pump Ranch to work with these kids throughout the summer. Oh, that will be really fun for them. Yeah, it, it will. And, and one of the super exciting camps that we have is associated with the Aquatic Center. That's our fun fins camp. And so you spend a portion of it at James D. Cree Park playing sports, running around, playing games, and then the afternoon is at our awesome aquatic center. So you can swim laps, you can go off the diving board, play in the splash pad, ride the swirly slide. It's, it's just a, a great camp that, um, that we're also able to offer. Well, and we weren't able to have our pool open last summer, and I know lots of families were really looking forward to being able to go there again. And that's the camp, but, you know, from the Aquatic Center, what, what's going to be the hours for family swim time at the Aquatic Center? So the Aquatic Center gets to open this year, which is exciting for our community. And opening day for the whole recreation space is Saturday, May 22nd at 9 a.m., and bring your family. They can uh, enjoy the splash pad, the swirly slide. They can play um, duck, duck, goose in the water. And it's just a wonderful family time. We will also be offering our Sunday family fun day so the entire family can come in just for $5. And that will be open from noon to 5 every Sunday throughout the summer. Great to have that amenity back and available to our families again this year. It, you know, it, it is. It's, it's something that, you know, we made, the town made that investment several years ago to expand from just a lap pool to a full aquatic center. And it does still get a lot of traction with our swim teams, but it is the place to be in Oro Valley in the summer. Well, and families can have birthday parties there as well, right? They can, and it's, it's awesome because you can. we have a large covered ramada outside, so that's a really nice place. But we also have a, a, a smaller indoor space for some smaller parties, and it is associated with the James D. Cree Park. So oftentimes people will have the party in the park, and then they have the, the spillover that comes in and wants to swim as well. Our aquatic center and our pool at the community center needs a lot of lifeguards in the summertime, but really year-round. That's a great opportunity for young people to have their first jobs. I, I know a lot of people whose kids have had lifeguarding as first jobs. How does someone get trained to be a lifeguard and take advantage of this opportunity here in our community? Yeah, actually, one of my very first jobs in Parks and Recreation was a lifeguard, so um, I, I completely understand that uh, excitement. It's, it's so much fun and so rewarding, and at our aquatic center, it's a job year-round. Um, we are offering lifeguard certification classes in May, the week of the 24th, and you can just go to our website to register for that, and then if 
after you get your certification, you're interested in employment with the town of Aura Valley, you can certainly apply to become a lifeguard with us. I know that um, people oftentimes will take that certification because they may be going off to college and they want to have that opportunity when they move on to another state. So it's a Red Cross certification that's good throughout the United States. How many of these young people who go through the lifeguard certification class do we end up actually getting on board as our own employees, would you guess? Um, I would guess that out of 10 people that participate in our class, eight probably apply for a job, and I would say about 90% of those are employed. We offer a, a rigorous certification program because the aquatic center, the water depth is 15 feet, so it does take a lot of physical stamina, and that's part of our certification process. So we, we train them up. For work. Well, that sounds like some pretty good odds. So those who are interested, by all means, you want to get into our class. Absolutely. We're having fireworks this year for the 4th of July. Yay! That's right. Whoop, whoop. Yay. Super I'm... excited about that. We were, we were on board to do a fireworks show last year, and unfortunately, our beloved mountain was on fire, which um, uh, is recuperating. I don't know if you've anybody has been out to Catalina State Park, but it is starting to green up. Um, but we're back again this year with a fireworks-only show at Naranja Park. We have uh, procured larger shells so they can get up into the sky further. So um, whether you're in your backyard or at a local restaurant, um, our fingers crossed is you'll be able to see those fireworks. We are working with the production company to identify a date for a test launch, and that information will be posted on our webpage and on social media. We're looking at the first to second week of June, and that way, when you're in your backyard, you can determine, yes, I have a great view, I'm inviting my friends, or, oh, I have a terrible view, I need to fall, call my friends that have a great view. So. We're encouraging people to get together in a responsible manner and, um, and be prepared for a great fireworks show. I know some folks are disappointed that we're not going to have a full-blown event, but obviously planning our fireworks program, is a, it, it takes months in advance, and it's only really been recently that the restrictions have been lifted, and, and we did. We had to make a decision early on, um, and... I believe, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, but we typically get more than 5,000 people at our fireworks event when it's in person and we've got all of our activities. And right now, that's just a big number to be together. And so, I, you know, I, I support the decision. I think it's the right thing for this year. Fingers crossed, we're all hoping that we'll have our usual 4th of July extravaganza in 2022. I agree, Mary. You know, we we want to err on the side of caution and safety, and really the 4th of July events, people go to these events to watch the fireworks. Yes, they're fun to listen to music and, and play games and eat hot dogs and, um, and such, but you stick around for those 20 minutes of fireworks, and we're still able to provide that really cool opportunity, and, and people can just have those smaller, intimate um, events in their backyards. Heck, people are just starting to decide to socialize now anyway and have their backyard parties. And so I think people can do that with some confidence this summer. I, I think so too. 
So speaking of Naranja Park, I know that the park has been a major focus of the past year in the Parks and Recreation Master Plan development. And for those of our residents who aren't familiar, there have been so many opportunities to participate in the development of this plan and what our community would like to see in the future from surveys and opportunities to comment on concept plans for all of our different facilities back, you know, near near December. Um, we are, we're about done. We're almost done, aren't we? We're, we're about ready to have the council adopt, consider, and adopt the master plan. But what is this master plan supposed to be, Christy? What are we going to be using this for? That's a great question, Mary. The, the, we are close to that finish line, and the work that has been done really was listening to our community. What does our community want to do in terms of recreation and spending their free time and, and how they're choosing what to do in our community? And it's a roadmap on how we invest in our community for parks and recreation for the, over the course of the next 10 years. What are the program elements that we develop over the next 10 years? And that really is the intent of the master plan. And, and by and large, the, the majority of the information we heard from our community um, what related around um, uh, open space and trails, and we have a wonderful um, uh, plan for that, and general uh, park use space and sports space, and focus on Naranja Park. We have owned that property since 2000 and have made some, some really good strides, but it's not enough based on what our community told us. So we're looking forward to um, investing in sport fields, in um, a splash pad, in uh, court space, whether it's pickleball or basketball, uh, improved walkability in the site. And all of those really hit the mark on the demographic asks in our community from from families that have children, um, newborns to 17, all the way to the, the senior population, the, the elements that they've asked for really do hit those marks at the community center, really making improvements to our tennis court facilities, expanding the parking lot, because our community center mm. is pretty popular. Very busy, yes. Um, and, and now that we're on the... the other side of COVID, I anticipate it's going to become even more popular mm -hmm. again. So ensuring that we have ample space for people to park in, in that space. Um, but it's a, it's a fantastic plan. Again, it really helps um, staff and future councils understand what our community wants as it relates to investment in parks and recreation. Right. You know, and, and 10 years, it could be longer than that, obviously. The full cost, at least in today's dollars, I believe, for everything that was on it, is $62 million. But we have to have a plan. We've got to have a vision. And then we chip away at that as we can and as we financially can. And in fact, the town council just recently made a decision about looking at some bonding for next fiscal year that will allow us to bond finance up to 
we're estimating about $25 million worth of improvements, and they've made very clear that they want at least half of that to go into Naranja Park. So our community can look forward to seeing some of the great investments you just talked about, Christy, the additional fields and a splash pad and, you know, maybe some courts and probably some more parking and, you know, those types of things to get us a lot closer to build out at Naranja Park for the needs that our community have told us that they want. Absolutely. that's That has been um, one of the most bold decisions related to park and recreation funding. Um, it really makes what our community told us they want today. So think if you have um, a family with a five-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 18-year-old, and they said they wanted a splash pad and, and sport courts and, and sport fields. Well, that those young children will get to play in the splash pad and on those sport courts and in those fields here in the next couple years, um, as opposed to paying for it as, as we're doing go. it on pay-as-you-go. Right? Yeah, and, and so I think that really, it, so the people that told us what they want today will have an opportunity to enjoy the investment here shortly. Um, one of the other components was addressing... Um, steam pump ranch and and you know ensuring that we're taking care of those historically significant buildings and and that'll be included in that package as well it's it's exciting it's exciting for our community very exciting you know what i also love about the master plan is it's not just about the facilities the facilities are important yes the capital investments and what our community wants to see but it's also about the programming we asked our community yeah but what do you want to do and what are the things you'd go to? And we got a lot of great input on things like special events. Our community said that they love special events. Well, that's not just about the where, right? That's the what. And so um, I know your, your team is already looking at, gee, what could that be in the future? And of course, over the past year, we've been, we've been tight on what it is we can do because of the COVID restrictions but I see the veil lifting, and I see those opportunities coming back and that creativity coming forward. And, um, and I, I really look forward to seeing our community re-engage with these great events and opportunities where we can connect with one another. Absolutely. And, and you know, you mentioned events. That was the top uh, recreation program from all generations. Uh, and, and the interesting part about that is, you know, before COVID at Steam Pump Ranch alone, we were on pace to have 98 special events just at that site in, in one uh, fiscal year. So I was not surprised to hear our community like special events, but the beauty is the diversity of it, right? Special events can be a swim meet or a soccer match or a birthday party or a 4th of July or a wine festival or a Halloween festival or a 5K run. It runs the gamut, and that's the beauty of events because they have such diversity in, in the experience. And so, it, again, it doesn't surprise me that, that that was our number one mark. Well, and that means something for everybody because not everybody's going to do the same thing. But there is something for everyone. And, you know, I think it's really exciting, just as an example, and another plug for one of your events, Christy, which is the movies in the park. 
Our movies in the park are so, we have these beautiful evenings. You get to come out with your own blanket and chair and uh, sit on the grass on our beautiful golf course and watch a movie. I mean, how cool is that? It is. It's awesome. And we're happy to um, be able to offer that again this summer. So the fourth Saturday of every month from May through August we will be hosting Movings on the Lawn at the driving range at the community center. It's free. Bring your blanket, bring your chair, bring your family. Bring your uh, food. Yep, bring your pizza <laughs> or, or box chicken and, right. and just enjoy. It's, it's, it's so much fun. And it's also fun just to watch the kids roll down the hills. Oh, you know, yeah. it, It's not just about the movie. It's about the experience. Our first movie is Grease, like the original Grease, right? With Olivia Newton-John? Yes, I think Olivia. I know all of those songs, I'm just saying. That's right. So hand when jive. You... Should we do the hand jive right now? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we can do the hand jive. That's uh, right. It's, yeah, it's such a fun movie and brings back such great memories and it's nostalgic and really kind of, it, it, it's not one specific generation, and that's what we try to do is have some some family fun movies so that way the adults, the grandparents, as well as the children all can have a good experience out there. Um, we also will be hosting the uh, National Trails Day Night Hike, which is the first Saturday in June at uh, Catalina State Park. It's a national event. Most places do it during the daytime, but Southern Arizona, we do night hikes. And so that's a great, fun, free event as well. What about the concerts at Steampump Ranch? So we had our last concert of the season in May, and they're on Friday nights. We do them once a month, and we do it seasonally. So look for the next concert uh, posting to come out in September. And, um, and again, they're just, it's great fun. We have food trucks out there, live music. You sit on the lawn, watch the sunset against the Push Ridge Mountain. It's, it's just a special space to, to go and enjoy your, your friends and, and look around and see how much this community really loves being in Oro Valley. Well, Christy, it's such a pleasure to talk to you and to hear that excitement and enthusiasm as the director of our Department of Fun, Parks and Recreation, and the great work that your team does. We're so thrilled to have the kind of facilities, offerings, opportunities for our residents to engage in Parks and Recreation. And I just want to thank you for being my guest today here on This is Oro Valley. Thank you, Mary. It was my pleasure. Christy, I'm not sure that you knew that we ran a contest on our This is Oro Valley podcast and ask folks to tell us, hey, which one is their favorite? And not surprisingly, the Steam Pump Ranch, which is a, it was a really terrific podcast. And that is the one so far, of course, they haven't heard yours yet. So um, anyway, that's our favorite one. I, I do want to let our residents know to keep on listening to our podcast and look forward to some additional promotions that we're going to do some giveaways. We are really excited to do that. Thank you all for tuning in to This is Oro Valley. Look for more episodes in the future. This is Town Manager Mary Jacobs, and we'll see you next time.